Hello everyone, welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff, the mini episode. Um, I realized in the episode I released on Friday that I didn't even say Happy Thanksgiving. Um, And I also didn't let you guys know that there was going to be a break. So sorry if anyone was expecting um, episodes last week. I was getting ready for the holidays and just had to do a lot of covid testing so that i could come home and see my parents and just getting everything ready so that's why there wasn't an episode last week so sorry for not explaining that but i'm glad that i'm with you uh this sunday and that i hope you listen to the friday episode with steven it is seriously so good i'm gonna listen to it again um on my way back from boston i was lucky enough to get to see my parents for thanksgiving it was a different thanksgiving as i'm sure all of you guys have um, experienced, but I'm just extra thankful for the people in my life this year. Um, and yeah, so the chapter that I'm going to talk about today is week seven, recovering a sense of connection, which that's kind of, uh, relevant because I got to connect with my parents, I guess this week. Um, but yeah, so basically the whole, the whole deal with this chapter is, there is an emphasis on your receptive and active skills. This chapter is about excavating areas of genuine creative interest as you connect with your personal dreams. So I love that. Let's connect with our dreams. Um, so there's kind of four main chapter sections in this one. It was a pretty short chapter. Um, the topics are listening, perfectionism, risk, and jealousy. So pretty, pretty, uh, good sections if I do say so myself. Uh, but yeah, so first listening was the first one. Um, and so I will let you know my thoughts about it. So basically, um, the whole idea is that art is not about thinking something up. It's about getting something down. Um, and she talks about how we don't want to think we have to reach up and that our dreams are all out of reach. You know, it's it's difficult. You can't reach them. That's kind of the story that, you know, is, is told to us. Um, but instead, it's a good idea to think of it with no strain. We aren't doing, we're getting. So she says, instead of reaching for invitations, we are engaged in listening. Listening helps us be conducts of our craft, dropping into the flow so ideas can move through us and we can tap into them. Um, And she says, Michelangelo is said to have remarked that he released David from the marble block he found him in. Um, And you can also think about it like radio waves. And with practice, you can tune into the desired frequency. Um, So that kind of like took away a little bit of the stress, I think, that I sometimes associate with, you know, creating something and you got to do all these things. And, and, you know, like she says, like reaching up to the sky. And that's like such a common story that we're told, like reach harder, farther. You can get your dreams if you just reach harder. And, And I like the idea of kind of just like sinking into your creativity and letting something grow from that. Um, And so she says, when you accept it's natural to create, you then have to accept that what you need for your project will be provided. When you're willing to accept, you will 
when you're willing to accept help, you will see useful bits of help everywhere, um, which is the whole synchronicity again. And then she says, um, I have it written in quotes, expect the universe to support your dreams. It will. Um, So that's kind of the section on listening. It's just kind of, you know, reminding yourself to tap in to releasing that kind of strain on your creativity. And and I think a lot of people that I've talked to, especially interviewing them, um, it, it makes sense. A lot of people who, when I ask them what brings out their most creative self, they say either, you know, being in the shower, being in a train or a car, just zoning out, or when they're taking care of themselves, um, you know, or when they're letting themselves be fueled by friends and just like going with the flow. It usually feels like no one is like, when I work hard enough, then I am most creative. So um, it's it makes sense. So I, I agree with this. Um, and yeah, so the next part is perfectionism, which like, yikes, that was a uh, attacking <laughs> uh, little section because I do um, struggle from some of the perfectionism, not as much as some people that I know, but I think most dancers that I know are very uh, perfectionism type of people. I did a poll on my Instagram story about like, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? And I think like 50 people commented yes. And like maybe five people said no. I'm in my audience is usually mostly dancers. So uh, you're not alone out there if you identify as a perfectionist. Um, But yeah, so perfectionism is basically getting it right or fixing it before I go any further or have any, you know, having these standards, um, that's all perfectionism, like having like really high standards, which obviously it's great to have high standards, but if it's preventing you from moving forward and doing something, then that's where it's not really that great for you. Um, And so she says, perfectionism is refusing to let yourself move ahead. It is an obsessive debilitating loop we get stuck in the details and forget about the bigger picture um and so she says sometimes we correct our sometimes we correct our originality into uniformity that lacks passion and spontaneity and that does not sound good so definitely don't want to do that um (laughs) Uh, And so basically the critic is in full control of a perfectionist brain. Um, And we've talked about the critic before, but there are no first drafts, no rough drafts. Every draft is meant to be final, perfect, set in stone. Perfectionists are never satisfied and there is always room for improvement. A perfectionist calls this humility, but it's really egotism. Um, And that yeah so it's it's i think it's kind of like a fine balance you know like obviously there's always more to learn there's always room to improve but i think the key is if it's stopping you from growing and from doing something that's when it's kind of bad and you need to deal with it so i have written in quotes again um she says perfectionism is not a guest for the best It is the pursuit of the worst in ourselves, the part that tells us that nothing we will ever do will be good enough, that we should try again. Um, And she says, you shouldn't, (laughs) with a big exclamation point. Um, You have to let go and call it done at a certain point. 
Um, and, you know, I, I recently took a class with Kathy Heller over the summer, her course made to do this, um, which is kind of how this whole uh, podcast and show really got its birth. Um, and part of it is because she told us all, you know, give me C plus work, get it done, do something and put it out there and turn it in. And you'll learn as you go. And obviously, I think social media, I've talked about that before. And it's like such a a thing where you feel like you have to be perfect. You have to show this perfect life and these perfect skills and your perfect concept videos. And, you know, at some point, you just have to say it's done. You can always come back to it later, but done is better than perfect. Um, and so, yeah, she says in the chapter, you know, it's a normal part of creativity, letting go. Do the best by the light we have to see by. Um, so, yeah, just a little reminder. Um, I think that it's always good to hear it again that perfectionism, you know, it, it's good to have high standards, but just don't let it stop you from living your life, I guess, uh, which is maybe easier said than done for some people. Um, so the next part was about risk. Um, and it starts off with a question, what would I do if I didn't have to do it perfectly? And the answer she has written is a great deal more than I am. Um, and I also, I put this question on my Instagram to see like what people would say in the little question box. And some people said, you know, I would go live more. I would make more videos. I would put myself out there. Um, so it's definitely something that people are dealing with. So the main point of this whole section is basically that to stop being creatively stuck, we have to move out of our head and into action. Um, so we often talk ourselves out of risk. You know, that's like a survival instinct. Um, and so instead of comparing our student films to the student films of George Lucas, we tend to compare them to Star Wars. So basically, you know, we take our our beginning steps, our, our first drafts, and we tend to compare them to the people we look up to and aspire to be at their final or their, you know, much further step down the road. Um, and that is not good for us to do. Um, and so she says, we deny that in order to do something well, we must first be willing to do it badly. Instead, we opt for settling our limits or sorry, we opt for setting our limits at the point where we feel assured of success. These boundaries can make us feel stifled, smothered, despairing, and bored, but we feel safe. Safety is a very expensive illusion, she says, and usually when we say we can't do something, what we mean is we won't do something unless we can guarantee that we'll do it perfectly. Um, which is we have to break through our accepted limits. And those limits might be something like I'm too old or I'm too broke or I'm too shy or I'm too proud um, to do that. And blocked artists unrealistically expect and demand success from ourselves. Um, the recognition of that success usually has to come from others. Um, so, you know, we, we let ourselves be typecasted instead of working on expanding our range or we choreograph repeating a formula we know 
will be a hit. You know, how many times have you taken a class from a teacher who does the same five moves in every combo? You know, like not trying to call anyone out, but like <laughs> it's it's different than than technique. You know, there are techniques to different styles of dance, um, but there are some people who just they know that this is popular. They know that this is what's going to be good. They know people are going to come to class to do these moves or they're going to hire them to do these moves for shows and stuff like that. Um, and so they put it in because it's, it's, you know, what, what's safe and what they know will be okay instead of taking risks. And I think everyone is, is guilty of that in a certain way. I know when I choreograph, I, I get frustrated with myself because I know I'm doing the same types of moves sometimes and, and I have to really force myself to kind of break out of that and maybe do something that I'm not really as good at or as strong at or try something new. Um, so I think that if there's a mini challenge in here, definitely think about that this week if you're working on any choreography or just making anything. Um, we'll get to the tasks later, but I thought I'd just throw that in there. Um yeah, so basically she talks about how artists may not appear blocked on the outside, but they may feel it internally because they're unable to take the risk of trying new artistic territories. Um, and it's back to that, what would I do if I didn't have to do it perfectly? Um, it might be trying a new style of dance. It might be trying a new type of pottery or making something new. Um, you know, obviously my lens is always through dance, but I'm sure you can relate to that if you're not a dancer. Um and yeah, basically she says, usually a risk is worth taking simply for the sake of taking it. Uh, selecting a challenge and meeting it creates a sense of self-empowerment that becomes a ground for further successful challenges. So basically she's saying, just get out there, get messy, try something new, um, which is a message I can stand behind. Okay, so the last section of this chapter is about jealousy. And she says, jealousy is a map. It is a tough love friend. And with action, it can be replaced by a feeling of camaraderie. So basically, jealousy can be a mask for your fear of doing something uh, you really want to do, but are not brave enough to take the action towards it. So it's a mask for fear that we aren't able to get what we want. Um, and jealousy can also be a frustration that somebody else seems to be getting what we believe is rightfully ours, even if we're too scared to reach for it. Oof. <laughs> um, and so basically jealousy is a stingy emotion. It doesn't let us have abundance and the multiplicity of the universe. I think I said that right. Basically, jealousy tells us there is only room for one, um, which produces a tunnel vision and tells us that we have no choice but to be jealous. Um, and there's a quote here I wrote down, jealousy strips us of our will to act when action holds the key to our freedom. So basically, you know, if you're feeling jealous about someone or something, it's probably because you want to do it. Um, and I think the same thing goes for, you know, when you feel frustrated at someone maybe in the industry. I know there's been times where I'm like, oh, like, why do I just like feel annoyed by this person? It's not even just jealousy. And then I break it down and I'm like, oh, it's because they're actually living the life that I wish I could live. And 
you know, sometimes they, they're awesome. And sometimes it's like, how is this person doing that when they're not even, you know, you might not even be comparing them to yourself. You might be just comparing them in a, in a, a greater sense, like having kind of a, a gross thought or just like a nasty thought about like, they're not good enough to do that. Like this other person would be way better at that. Um, but I think, you know, even if you're not comparing them to yourself, I think is what I mean. Um, it is a key to, you know, saying, oh, but secretly, like maybe I want to do that. So I think it's really important to take a look at your jealousy and see how you can flip it. Um, and then, so basically the, the first task before the whole regular tasks is creating a jealousy map. Um, and I think that this would be something it's really easy to do uh, for anyone and, and you don't have to be a dancer to do it. But basically you make three columns, one that's who, why, and an action slash antidote. And she had us list three people that were jealous of, um, which when I came down to it, it was a little hard for me to pick actual people. I don't know. I don't really, not to say that I don't feel jealous of, you know, individual people very often, but it was hard for me to really like pull them out of my head. So I think I need to do better when I have those, those instant, you know, jealous thoughts, like to really break it down in the moment because I don't really harbor, you know, these like deep jealousy, like holding in my soul, which I guess is a good thing. Um, so basically write down the person you're jealous of, why you're jealous of them, and then the action or antidote um, of how you can kind of like a step, a really small step that you can do to work towards doing what you are jealous of them. So like a, a practical example is like, say you have a friend and they're always dancing in movies or something like that. And, you know, that you're really jealous of that. You can say, okay, well, what can I do so that I can do that as well? What, what steps can I take? Can I submit to more auditions? Can I get my reel together? Can I, you know, do all these things? Um, so yeah, that was, that was jealousy and the kind of mini task. And then we move into our week seven tasks. Um, so the tasks for this week, one of them was make this mantra, treating myself like a precious object will make me strong. So like draw it, paint it. I made a little um, digital collage with the app, a design kit, which is a, a, an app I love. It's like by the beautiful mess girls. Um, and so she says, create it and put it somewhere you can see every day. So I just have it on my phone. Um, another task is listen to an album just for joy. Um, and something that I listened to was Lennon Stella's album, which I just have been loving so much. I love her voice. Lo Lennon and Maisie, the sisters, um, they were in Nashville. Definitely check them out. <laughs> um, and then take yourself into a sacred space. Um, another one, like all the tasks were really practical this week, which I appreciated. Um, she said, create a wonderful smell in your house. So I have a diffuser and I was diffusing very fall uh, festive oils, which was nice. Um, wear your favorite item of clothing for no special occasion. Um, I don't really have any favorite items of clothing right now. I'm just like mostly in leggings and sweatpants. So maybe that's a sign I need to reevaluate my wardrobe. Um, and then another task was buy yourself one wonderful pair of socks or comforting self-loving item. Um, I definitely am not 
in need of any more socks or comforting items. I think that's something that luckily I've been doing a good job of during this pandemic of just, you know, being very cozy. Um, And then the seventh uh, task was to collage, take a stack of 10 magazines and let yourself sit for 20 minutes at a time, flip out images, make a collage. Um, So I actually threw out all of my old magazines the week before when I was doing a big cleaning thing. So I waited till I got home um, to Boston to kind of steal some of my mom's magazines. Um, And then Task eight was quickly list five favorite films um, and then find kind of what are the similarities between those. Task nine was name your favorite topics to read about. And task 10 was give your collage a place of honor. Um, So I still have to work on my collage. Um, I, you know, was stealing some things from Pinterest and luckily I have these magazines from my mom because I was home. Um, And then, yeah, do a little check-in. I didn't do very well with my morning pages for the first week. I think I skipped multiple days, but, um, you know, I was doing other things that were good. So this week was was really great. Um, and I'm excited to move on to week eight and week nine and 10, 11 and 12. I can't believe we're almost done. Um, but yeah, so if you do any of those those tasks, definitely let me know in the Facebook group. I am working on a Instagram solely for dancers doing stuff. I want it to look really cute. Um, so I'm trying to like plan it out um, with all the little quotes from my guests and, you know, making cute graphics. So if anyone out there has any skills in that, because right now it looks a little hectic on my end, I'm trying, but you know, Canva and there's a million apps, but you know, maybe maybe in the Facebook group, I'll post some options and get people's opinions because it's always good to reach out uh, for help, especially in creative matters that might not come as naturally to yourself. Um, but yeah, other than that, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel, Essentially Haley, uh, so you can watch all the video versions of my guest interviews. And you can follow me at Essentially Haley on Instagram and uh, at just Haley Grove uh, for my dance and personal stuff on Instagram. Um, I've been making a lot of like holiday DIY stuff and I filmed some of it while I was home. So I'm going to edit that. So definitely check out those videos on YouTube um, for some DIY holiday decor. And I have some ideas for some really fun ornaments um, and just other stuff. I I'm very lucky that I celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. Um, so there will be a mix for people who even don't celebrate uh, Christmas. Don't feel like you're excluded because I know how that goes. Um, but yeah, other than that, have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're all safe and healthy and happy. And I will talk to you uh, live on Wednesday, but in your earbuds on Friday and Sunday. Have a great day. Bye. If anyone out there is looking to start a podcast but doesn't know where to begin, I have a great tip for you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's actually what I'm using right now. Anchor is free to use and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a ton of other places. Another cool thing is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast is right in one place. 
Seriously, it's so easy. My first ever episode I recorded sitting in my closet, talking to my phone in the dark. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.